The Home Show with Sinead Ryan. With Daikin. Use less energy to heat your home this winter. D-A-I-K-I-N dot I-E. Your energy, your choice. On News Talk. Hello and you're very welcome along to the latest episode of the Home Show podcast and indeed it's also our last episode for 2023. Now coming up this week, well we have our panel of experts in and they're going to be discussing their likes and loads when it came to design in 2023, maybe taking a look forward to see what might be hot on trend next year. Uh, we have the Hunt Museum uh, teaching us how to recycle all that wrapping paper you still have and it's in order to make kites and Neve Marr will be in talking about how to make a New Year's Eve party a little bit special and different and you're very welcome along. Now, uh, just the two sleeps to go before 2024 arrives and it seems that many of us will be saying goodbye uh, to this current year with gusto um, and especially when it comes to all of the world events which are sadly still making their mark uh, across the globe. But if you can't wait to get it over with, well then look, a celebration is in order for hopefully all that is to come that is good in 2024 and we'll have the fantastic Neve Marr in uh, with some funny ideas, I have to say. She's always a laugh to go shopping uh, with uh, decorating your home and getting it all ready for New Year's Eve and things that you can do and games that you can play and all of that. So do stay touch for that. If you have any of your own or any traditions that you like to celebrate around New Year's Eve, well, then do get in touch with us. And I hope you all had a lovely Christmas and are now looking forward to the next lot of festivities. And for now, you're very welcome along to The Home Show. So without further ado, let's kick off uh, and look, it's a time for reflection. Uh, it's New Year's Eve tomorrow and we all have things we like to look back on uh, with with joy and maybe uh, with uh, distaste. But uh, we have decided on the home show to gather together an expert panel to look at the likes and loads of 2023. So let me introduce them for you. First of all, Natasha Rocca Devine, our interior designer. You're very welcome you uh, to our show. Uh, Jennifer Sheehan, of course, our stalwart. And uh, delighted to have you here too, Jenny. Hope your Christmas was nice and you're looking forward to next year. Yes, absolutely. Can't wait. And we are also joined by Peter Irvin. Now, you will remember, Peter, we had him on earlier in uh, this year when we were talking about Alan Carr's interior design masters. And uh, Peter, you featured on that. Yes, I featured. And of course, you and Natasha know each other well. Yes, we've had the amazing opportunity of working together on the Salvage Squad. Yeah, we were both designers on it. So, yeah. And Peter and I were in the finale together. So. Fantastic. OK, so so nobody's a stranger in the Home no. Show studio no. today. OK, now what we're going to do is we're going to take a look back at interior design trends, uh, both from last year and may, uh, from this, like 2023, and maybe have a punt towards 2024 and get out your crystal balls, your very, very <laughs> shiny, bobbly crystal balls, and we'll try and decide what's going to come up and get ahead of the trend so all our listeners will will know what to look out for. Uh, so I, th- I think we'll start with what went really well in 2023, the things you loved and the, the design elements that you loved seeing coming in and maybe that you used yourself uh, when you were designing. Uh, Natasha, let's start with you. Uh, Now, 
you have, I, I, I don't know if this is a typing error, but you're going to tell me. Oh no, <laughs> what have I done? Hipstaric homes. <laughs> yes, so it's hipstaric homes. Essentially, like in brief, it's bring history and modern together. So it's a little oh, bit okay. like mid-century modern, which is my way of reusing it because I absolutely love it. It's my go-to style. So I think it's just, it's literally, I, it's used to revamp places that are kind of idle. I think it was in the 70s and things like that. But ultimately, it's really bring old and new together. And that's kind of what Peter and I have done in, the, in our show. And I think everyone's looking towards that is, you know, obviously bringing in modern in your home, which everyone wants something new, but also looking at things and going, can I reuse this? Going to your local charity shops and just kind of salvaging what we already have. So I think that's mm. a really important trend. And I love that people are really getting into DIY. And I think that's also since lockdown as well. You know, okay. people have really got bringing things back to life. OK, so Peter, that is uh, that's certainly a popular trend where you're trying to mash together those two features. Uh, So when it comes uh, to yours, uh, a style you loved or something you actually really, really thought was going to be uh, a big thing for 2023, colour drenching. What's that now? Colour drenching, it's actually kind of the opposite of what my normal aesthetic would be. I'm a lover of white and neutrals, but colour drenching is going absolutely balls to the walls and everything (laughs) is just an insane pop of colour like you commit to one colour in the walls the ceiling the the furnishings soft furnishings and really making a statement by just being quite plain in a way uh, so drenching the space in one or accompanying colours And when you say one colour do you mean the same shade or just different shades of blue or different shades of pink? I think it depends how brave you are. Do you know, if you go for the same shade, that's an even stronger <laughs> statement. But to create that depth and those tones and a bit of like warmth in the space, you can use accompanying shades of the same colour. That takes bravery. It takes bravery. It's I, I did it in similar shades in my own home with white and things like that, but I don't know if I could commit to a colour. <laughs> yeah. Well, white I can kind of understand um, because you can get kind of different textures. You can get that winter white and off white and bright, all that. But Mm -hmm. it does take a lot of work. It does. It takes a lot of commitment and, you know, you need to like the colour and (laughs) we're not here to decorate for six months or whatever. You need to want this in your home. So colour drenching, as bold a statement as it is, as it is, it may not be for everyone. Now, uh, Jennifer Sheehan, you also like colour, of course. We know that. And you loved the whole pink Barbie core trend 2023 was definitely the year of pink obviously the Pantone colour of the year this previous year gone was Viva Magenta and it was so bright and bold and then obviously Barbie came along so there was a lot more pink everywhere I've got a bright pink back garden so I was totally here for for that whole aesthetic Um, it's very much up to you how much you lean into it and how far you want to colour drench your whole home in pink but yeah I loved it and Natasha you love the whole pink as well. Now, are we talking bubblegum or kind of um, a kind of more I don't know, kind of classy is the word that's in my head. Aesthetic. Kind of like what Peter and and what everyone was saying today is that um, pretty much like it's really down to you. I do think that I decided, based on what we were were saying there, um, I created the Pink Palace in the Salvage Squad and everyone panicked when they heard it. Mm-hmm. And then obviously I went for like a more pastel, really light muted pink on the walls and then put in pink with the curtains and accessories. So it's very much about like what we're all agreeing on. It's kind of how brave you are and what your personality is and who's in the space as well. I think mm. that's totally. really important because if you have, you know, children or whatever, it could be a fun time to have a couple, like 10 years of pink in your house. Whereas if you're trying to relax at home, it's quite a lively colour. So it's really just finding that balance. But I'm really intrigued by the garden. Yeah. <laughs> 
like, pick me, I want to go. Really I'm checking out on Instagram at Workers Cottage. Yeah. You can have a look. <laughs> yeah, it is It is um, a splash of colour now. It's a very mm. small garden. It's a tiny garden and it's just one wall uh, that's covered in wooden slats. And it yeah, I actually thought on it, but I want to go. I'm like, oh, I, you know, oh, you because like, I think it's hard to see until I mean yeah. as much as I love Instagram but it's you know when you're there in real life it's just and do you think experience. if you're going to go with a, f- a fabulous colour splash like that which is Marmite that maybe a small space is the place to do it well I think so I think you can do anything in a small space really because you can and it's also only paint exactly. you know even the pink palace can be recoloured if, yeah, if it needs to be it's and all you can change paint. curtains and things but that's what I said I was like I made the walls quite light and then the accessories were very bright so that's another tip is that you can go kind of softer on the walls if you want if it's a living room and you have to eat there and relax yeah. and then you can make the accessories really intense or the couch because you okay. can always pop them and sell so them you could exactly. have kind of the really pale pale pink on, on your walls and then a neon cushion or, yeah. or something. Exactly. <laughs> All right, okay. I love that look and that's kind of what I've gone for is the neutral walls but I saw the opposite. Uh, there's a day a Dutch designer versus Meeson and they had this beautiful uh, display and it's all neutral furniture, all different shades of, you know, white and kind of beige, all different textures and then these wild cobalt blue Amazing, walls. Gorgeous. And I gorgeous. loved it so much and everything else was, you know, even the tables, even the accessories yeah. were, were white. But I was like, how fun is that? Because then you can change that colour so easily yeah. and you've got a whole different room with just paint. It's yeah, incredibly yeah. dramatic. Really I love it. depends on your personality. And Peter, when you're, when you're using a really strong colour pop, now I know we were talking about the colour drenching, but yeah. if people just aren't quite there yet... <laughs> They want to call it pop. You, you can do that in a very um, s- simple way. Uh, I know that we have heard of people maybe just doing a utility room or a downstairs bathroom, not looking at Jenny Sheen in particular, <laughs> uh, and, uh, or maybe painting the inside of a cabinet or just the shelves. Exactly, Wouldn't yeah. that be? I've also seen the inside of door frames popping up quite a lot. So um, it's just that transition between one room and the next. You've just got that little bit of playfulness. I think really it's about how much you want to commit to this pop of colour so maybe if you're investing in a fridge you might want to go something quite neutral and something that'll travel but as the girls have said it's just paint you can paint furniture you can paint walls again and again but those longer term items then it's the bravery of how long you want to commit to that for Yeah the purple sofa or the the, you know orange (laughs) cabinet or something Okay Um, Right so we all love the colour pops and uh, we all love them in different ways or to a lesser or greater extent that's brilliant Okay Now the other thing that came up across all three of you and no surprise here is the whole area of sustainability That was such a key trend I, I don't think in the whole of 2023 every single time we did designer in studio here sustainability was mentioned and not just in a kind of a lip service oh we should be all recycling yeah. or upcycling our items it was about the sourcing of materials um, you know what was good for the planet people are asking for this Natasha you're finding that Absolutely actually when I do, I do a lot of show homes I'm, I'm actually more into commercial design so for that it's you know, imperative for show homes or, you know, you're having hundreds of people coming in and out of the space and I'm moving more into kind of um, fashion boutiques and things like that. And people are asking, people are coming in, they're saying, where where was this paint from? Where's this furniture from? Clothes, I designed a boutique for Fashion Relief, Breast Cancer Ireland. And, you know, that's all about salvaging the clothes. And people are asking where, you know, where are things from? And I think people are going back, whether it's fashion, interiors, whatever it is, we're all kind of saying, where is this from? And we have this kind of gut feeling, this conscious feeling going, is this, you know, from a good brand? Or, you know, where is this 
you know, where's the source or who's made this? Is it children or, you know, is it local? You know, I think people are very, very inquisitive, whether it's residential, commercial or just fashion. People are really curious of where things are coming from and also where it's going to land after, you know, landfills and things like that. So I do think, unfortunately, you know, we can't unlearn this. This is part of the way we live now. I think we can all agree. It's, you know, and that's why recycling and upcycling is a really fun way. And the Savage Squad taught us that, yeah. of doing that. And Peter, whether it was that or or the interior design masters, there was a lot of that going on. The staple gun made a massive appearance <laughs> that, <laughs> along with the paintbrush. And, and that can be, I think, possibly what it showed us in 2023 is that that can be a fun trend and you don't need to be an expert. I think there used to be the stigma around sustainability and repurposing items that it was a bit like your poverty and being ashamed of doing so. Whereas now, especially on shows like The Salvage Squad, we're promoting the idea and we're being like, this is so socially acceptable because it's so important. So I think... Um, just as the times go on, it's going to become wider and more acceptable. And then, as Natasha said, you know, with commercial projects and things asking for it, then the, the investment into the production of these recycled products, they're going to get better. So the quality of these recycled items are going to get better. So people aren't going to think this is of lesser quality just mm. because it's renewed materials. Mm. No, it's actually on par and hopefully in the future better. Okay, and and that hopefully will continue and should continue Definitely. because because all designers are committed to it now, and as you say, people are are looking for it. Um, Jenny, just to, to turn to a quick hit for you on something that you loved during twenty twenty three, and that was the evolution of the home office. Oh yeah, now, the home office for a lot of people harks back to a time we don't want to remember uh, those <laughs> two or three years that we had. Uh, so coming post COVID, out of COVID, back to the office, what happened to the home? Office. Yeah, well, because before we we needed home offices as much as we did during that unmentionable time, it was all, you know, it was dark and it was chrome and it was these leather chairs and kind of dark, dusty bookshelves and, and you'd be hidden away in a corner of the house. Whereas now it's really kind of been integrated into the house. A lot of people, especially if you're somebody like me who is working with limited space, um, you need that, that space to do something else. Typically, you can't just dedicate an entire room to a home office. And there's been such an amazing evolution of, you know, I've seen Murphy beds that have yeah have these amazing, uh, these desks and shelves on hinges that swing down. So you don't even have to take your stuff off it. You can just pull the bed down and, and your guests can stay over, which is so clever, I think. And yeah. uh, even ergonomic chairs look a bit nicer now than they used to a few years ago. And uh, the colours are nicer. The accessories are nicer. It's it's great. Yeah. Form follows function. Right. Back. Super fantastic. OK, we're going to take a break now. We are coming back. Uh, we've done all the nice, happy stuff now. All the really nice stuff from 2023. Stay put, folks. We are going to do the stuff that my panel absolutely loathed. Uh, Natasha Rocker-Devine, Jennifer Sheehan and Peter Irvine. We'll see you after the break. And you're very welcome back to the home show. Now, I'm rejoined by my panel, Natasha Rocket-Devine, Jennifer Sheehan and Peter Irvine, who are joining me back in studio. Now, before the break, we were talking about all the lovely stuff that you embraced and you used and you were happy with throughout 2023. There were some trends that didn't quite hit the mark for all of you. Uh, Jenny, uh, I'm going to go with you because actually it is echoed elsewhere. So th- it must oh. be true. Um, the whole idea of that... Um, bare bulbs, concrete finishes, that kind of, well, I suppose some people would call it urban chic, but not you. 
I well, I suppose industrial was kind of the look. Yeah, of it. I loved it when it first came out. I couldn't get enough of it. Of those, you know, those cool bulbs with the interesting filaments and the concrete everywhere, and and I love brutalism. And I thought I was really, I thought this was it. I thought I'd found my aesthetic. I'm so sick of it. I never want to see it again. And I just, I I don't mind it in certain cafes or more retail type spaces. But I'm I'm just done with it overall. Um, Natasha, you agree? Yeah, absolutely. I just I think I it's very um maybe I'm just not cool enough for it. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, very hipster, hipster. Um, but no, I do think the same. I think, look, everything lends itself in a commercial space. We can all go into a shop or a restaurant or a hotel and enjoy it. But when you're having it at home, I totally agree with Jennifer. Um, I think it's different. I think we're all kind of leaning towards colour and warmth and kind of energy mm. in our homes. I think every, there's a bit of liveliness in design and I think it's kind of flat. Maybe that's what yeah. it is for me. Yeah. I just find it a bit boring yeah. from a design point of view. So yeah. at the same time, no offence to anyone who has it at your home. I'm sure it's lovely, <laughs> but um, right. it's just not Concrete for me. floors are out. <laughs> All right. Uh, now, Peter, you are being very controversial here because one of the things you loathe, and I'm saying that because I love this trend. I love it. And that is the whole panelling in your <gasps> hall and a oh, the nation gasps. Date <laughs> your case for the opposition. I just think, as you said, with the industrial decor, I mean, I'm coming from an Instagram world. So, of course, I'm seeing a lot of DIYers and those first time buyers that are really proud of what they're doing and things. But just so often I see it out of context. And you're seeing this Georgian panelling in <laughs> a three bed semi yeah. in Francilla. Okay. <laughs> and they're going up the stairs, but they're going at a diagonal because they weren't quite knowledgeable in what they were creating. I'm, and then you're seeing this kind of um, Japandi style, like panelling again, you know, in a farmhouse kitchen. And I just think so often... Maybe I'm just seeing the wrong examples of it, but it's coming at me from all angles and I'm just kind of tired of it. And is it the DIY efforts at it or is it that it's out of context with the type of property that you have? It's a bit of both, is it's it? a bit of both, yeah. yeah. Um, of course, it is really great that so many people are trying it more and more often at home. And um, it's great that we're we're kind of brave enough and we know we can do it. And yeah, let's give it a go. And there are shops that are providing those materials, but I don't know. <laughs> okay, it's not for you. All sorry. right. I still love my. I, I know. Uh, sorry, I just love it. I think it's gorgeous. Ladies, yeah. what do you think? Jenny, you're with me. Like on the I'm totally with you on the incongruity of it. If it's just the wrong style, because I do quite like, you know, if you are moving into a home, keeping with that home's aesthetic, whatever period it might yeah. be, and kind of yeah. leaning into that and not going too wild Bring off it, board. Bringing it back to the time that it might have had once, like in its heyday. Yeah. But. yeah. Okay. And now the other thing, of course, you agree with Natasha on here is the whole grey. Now, we had Greygate when we first started the home show many, (laughs) many years ago. Uh, We kicked off the very first show uh, talking about grey and elephant's breath and all those Mm. neutral colours. And it was the best thing since sliced bread and everybody had it. Um, But both of you now, you're over it, are you? Yeah, I definitely. Do you want to go ahead? I think it was really great from maybe like a commercial, like, you know, those properties, instead of painting the magnolia, we can now paint them elephant's breath. And it's a new, fresh take on like a, a flip house and just handing it over to someone else. But I just think there's a, a certain coldness now when we, we see these joyful colours and we see the warmth that can come from neutrals and naturals. Grey just, it's... Yeah, and I think you love white, so I think yeah. people might think that white is similar, but I, I agree with you. White can be kind of like Jennifer said earlier, you could have like 
a really you could go kind of over Christmas and paint a pink wall you know you can add to the white mm. yes whereas I totally agree I think grey is quite flat we also live in Ireland like I'm very affected <laughs> yeah. by the weather yeah. so we have I have enough grey I have grey out yeah. I, yeah. like, I fly away to get away from grey so yeah. I'm not okay. going to put it in but yeah. I do think it's lovely you know for certain contexts yeah, yeah. which I have to I have to keep it uh, keep it uh, kind of if, to, fixed maybe to a small bit or, or exactly. you know be, be a little braver is what Natasha is telling mm-hmm. you all there folks right okay now the other thing, uh, Natasha. Again, lots of people love this, oh, even no. now. Mm. But but you're just you just don't like that whole farmhouse aesthetic. Yeah, I don't know. I think I'm I'm a city girl, oh. so I think that's probably what it is. Um, but at the same time, I'm very. I think like I at the same time, I love sustainability and I love earthy products and things like that. But I think deep down, I'm just like Art Deco, Great Gatsby. I want like party I want fun I want wallpaper I want colour I want you no to pine in. dressers no I I want you to come <laughs> in and go like let's like bring I want you to bring yourself to life or bring your imagination to life in my okay. spaces so I think that's just my design perspective right but I do think there's a context for them I mean if you're going to a country house it's perfect it's stunning yeah. but in a city space a bit like what Peter said and Jennifer it's all context you know just well, adding Pe- it into a random space in a city apartment just doesn't work yeah. for me but uh, Peter people like that idea of being able to put up all their kind of country plates and hang in the mugs and you know the old Google, the little ornaments and the googos and all that yeah, I mean, if we're here to promote sustainability and people are maybe collecting heirlooms from family, of course, they're probably going to be dated and they'll probably suit better to the farmhouse aesthetic. Um, for me, I personally do like it and that's totally OK. I just think um, I like that sense of escapism and relaxation that comes more so with farmhouse because you kind of melt and like it's like a wee country break or like that's something that we all need for our mental health. I come home to de-stress um, but it's cosy. Yeah, I think I just want more looks. I prefer yeah. like kind of like party. <laughs> no, I, 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 no it's, it is bad, and I love reading. You know, I'm yeah. actually a more of a loud introvert, which people are surprised. At home, I'm much more of an introvert than yeah, I am in my yeah. personal life. So I do like to have. I like kind of um, like velour or velvet, even secondhand couches, and like relaxing with a book and, and a, a fire. So a bit of, yeah. but I like. I do like a bit of plush. I just think yeah. it excites me. <laughs> yeah, I look yeah. around and I'm inspired. Jenny, there's a way that you can take old pine furniture and and make <laughs> them something new. And and modern about yeah. it, take off bits, add bits, paint it up into blue or pink or whatever. Where do you stand? You you don't have enough room now for a full farmhouse kitchen. No, I don't, but I do quite, because my house is a cottage, I suppose there's an element, a slight element of that kind of style, especially with things out on open display and maybe kind of older pots hanging up and, and things like that. I'm with you to an extent, Natasha, because I also like a bit of plush and a bit of glamour in my home, but... It's similar to everything we've said. If you if you do live in a farmhouse and it's somewhere that lends itself to that aesthetic, yeah. then it is very Absolutely. timeless and it does work really, really, really well. Absolutely. But again, you don't want to just jam something into Absolutely. a house that in, doesn't in a suit apartment. that. Yeah, I mean, yours would be perfect. You know, it's really mm. it's in context. You know, yeah, like, okay. for where you live and everything. Right. Okay. Well, folks, let us know where you stand on the farmhouse kitchen uh, or on any of the other items that we're talking about. My my panel here uh, has been liking and loathing different elements, but we're going to actually shift now. We're going to get you all to take out your crystal ball and have a look at what may come up as a trend in 2024 because we're almost there uh, and we want to know what's uh, what's out there to get us ahead of the curve. Peter, let me start with you. Um, what do you think might be coming up uh, next? Now, actually, this is an interesting one because we're going back to the future, the 1970s. I Yeah, I, <laughs> it's popping up. Um, I think that might come with that whole sustainability aspect and repurposing old things and 
but it's I, I suppose for me what I don't like about the 70s is the color combinations yeah. it's those burnt oranges and browns and to me there's something quite depressing about them that, yeah I do you know what I was with you hundred percent I hate that aesthetic until I mm. interviewed Orla Kiley for the show a few weeks back yes and that is her stock in trade and when I heard her explain why she went with the moss greens and the browns and the mustards all of those colors that make you go e but it was about her Irish heritage and mm. when she started talking about bracken and the mountains and you know suddenly if they can you know it kind of felt a bit better. You know, yeah. I felt a bit better about it. It's not a trend you like, Natasha? No, I'm, I mean, I, I, orange is not my colour. At the same time, I think it's gorgeous. It's all in context. Um, I think um, Beaster Green is Pantone colour of the year or renowned for 2024. So I think green is going to be a huge colour this year. And I think if you complement it, I think colour blocking and colour combinations is going to be huge this year. So I think it's just really about how you put them together. And I also think red and burgundy are going to be huge. I don't know why I'm like, it's a, it, I can see it in clothes and when you can see it okay. pop up in fashion. So greens, reds and burgundies are going to be, for me, kind of the colours of this year. Actually, that's an interesting take because the whole fashion and interiors thing can go hand in hand a lot when you see styles and that whole 1970s that retro thing is kind mm. of back in on the clothing side you know so maybe uh, now Jenny what you want to see is better design on on you're saying on every detail yeah Tell me what you mean by that I think it, it, design has gotten huge and I think more and more people are interested in interior design because of shows like Velvet Squad and interior design masters and everything like that and what I've noticed recently is that that is extending to every single tiny minute detail. So your socket switches, your light switches. I've seen even gardening tools, beautiful hoses that are held up by antlers. Um, and um, I, I love that because I, I, I think the devil is in the detail. And it has been quite difficult here to source some of those really beautiful finishes to, to, to make your house go from kind of good to great. Um, and I love that we're seeing more and more of that. So I'm just really, really interesting taking the mundane to the fabulous. Okay. Yep. I think quite often people are in maybe such an excited rush to get the project complete that they yeah. maybe think, actually, you'll do, you'll do, you'll do. And maybe just revisiting the project or just taking that extra bit of time to get those perfect little finishes. Mm. Yeah. And it's so fun if you're in your home and you're a little bit sick of it, but you don't necessarily want to repaint the whole thing. Maybe you could swap out some of those switches and sockets for something more colourful to just switch things up a little bit. Okay. <laughs> now, we said sustainability is going to be big. Uh, you know, it has to be. There's no question about it. Uh, and and looking at upcycling and recycling and all of that. Uh, Natasha, when it comes to uh, a controversial element, the old dark wood, you know, I, sometimes I feel charity shops are littered with former pieces that would have cost an awful lot of money back in the 70s or 80s. Mahogany, you know, that kind of brown furniture. You're you're seeing a revival, or you hope there will be. I love um, brown furniture and brown like mahogany flooring. I think because I like kind of colours like Easter green, so they complement very well. But obviously, if you're going for pine, you know for a lighter space a farmhouse style would be you know more suited but I do think the best thing about this and I think Jennifer Peter and I would all agree that you can get that and you can also kind of you can put um, wallpaper in the drawers you yeah. can upcycle it yeah. you can revamp the handles like like Jennifer said about details so you don't necessarily have to keep it as it is in the charity shop um, but you can just bring that element in I just think there's a looks feel uh, to that historic feel of kind of mahogany for me personally 
You've Jenny, where, where do you... Oh, yeah, no, yeah. I wasn't sure, but yeah, yeah, I'm with you. I'm with you. Especially because, Peter, you were saying you love white and I think that contrast of that oh, really yeah. dark yeah. elements, especially, as you said, with some additional features like a new handle or wallpaper, the details, but yeah. then against a lovely white, crisp backdrop, that's a fabulous combination, I, I think. I also yeah. think even just the quality of the furniture back then was Absolutely. so great that we shouldn't discount, even just if you don't like the colour of the wood, there are some great paint strippers Absolutely. and get rid of the varnish off of that and just use the product for the quality that it was made because back then they just made them better. Yeah. Okay, well, that's a, a lesson for us all. And we're in agreement uh, at the end of the item. Uh, so listen, Happy New Year to you all again. Uh, and I hope 2024 is a wonderfully stylish year uh, either way. And uh, thanks for coming stylish. in. Sustainably stylish. Thank you for coming into the Home Show studio. Natasha Rocker-Devine, Jennifer Sheehan and Peter Irvine. It's been Thank lovely. Thank you so much. Thank you. Great to be here. Now, uh, renewable energy is a hot topic all year round, but making it fun for all the family can be a bit of a challenge. Well, next February, the Kite Power Festival takes place in Limerick and Shannon. And to tell me all about it is Simon Thompson from the Hunt Museum. Simon, you're very welcome along to the home show. What is this all about? Well, I suppose, first of all, it's all about fun. Um, And it's about getting out there and... Um, maybe using up some of those recyclables left from Christmas, old wrapping paper, brown paper, all those kind of things. But what we want to do is, um, leading up to uh, Sunday the 11th of February, we want to host a series of workshops where we can get involved in making kites. And then on that 11th of February, get out into the outdoors, families, friends, and really just paint the sky of Limerick and Shannon with bright colours and wonderful kites and um, maybe step back in time a little bit and just explore and understand the potential behind wind power or renewable energy. Now, when it comes to making kites, how easy or difficult is it? And can you offer any help to people? Well, I mean, it's as difficult as you want to make it. If you look at go onto the internet and look at kites, there's some crazy, mad bonkers ones, but we're going to be focusing on something quite simple, the traditional diamond-shaped kite. And you only need a few materials, um, maybe a couple of bamboo sticks to make the frame, some string, and as we say, some paper, it can be brown paper, it can be Christmas wrapping, you could use old tinsel for the tail, and I think, well, I made one here last week and it took me about 20 minutes to make the basics. All right. But you don't have to worry if you're not crafty because, as I say, we are doing workshops and Lumen Street Theatre, who are um, a great group of makers, they're going to be hosting a series of workshops around the city and county and uh, engaging with people to show them how to make. Indeed, and you have a kite-making day yourselves on the 3rd of February, and I think one of the men's sheds down there, the fantastic men's sheds organisation, are doing another yeah. uh, across it. So um, you're recommending then that people ha- have held on to their Christmas wrap that they got, the brown paper, the tinsel, all of that, and use it in the making of the kite. So it'll be quite colourful. Yeah, colourful, fun, Wrapping paper can be a difficult one to recycle, you see, because sometimes it's waxed or it might have um, metal foil on it. So this is an opportunity to use it for something a little bit different and um, 
Yeah, just see those bright colours up in the sky and if you can imagine a field with maybe 30 or 40 types and it'd be a great image. It would uh, indeed. And actually people can win prizes uh, for the best kites, isn't that right? There is some prizes there, yes. Um, so prizes will be awarded for the best flyer, the best use of recycled Christmas packing or decoration and the best artistic design. Oh, that sounds I, fantastic. I now, don't know what the prizes are yet. So <laughs> right. that's, a, that's a big surprise. That's a big surprise for you as well as everybody else. All right. Now, Simon, um, this is part to, to kind of take it seriously. This is part of a larger exhibition on climate change. Night candles are burnt out. Um, and, and this is really a way of uh, you as a, as a kind of a museum uh, educating and, and I suppose exploring the themes of climate change. It is. Night's Candles Burnt Out is um, a painting uh, by Sean Keating, which depicts the building of Ardna Crusher. And it's sort of in the, um, the imagery, it, it shows the old and the new island and the, incre- the approach of technology. So, so the exhibition focuses around that, and the exhibition is called Night's Candles About Our Climate Change, Culture and Community. And that's what we're looking at with the exhibition is we're, we're asking people to consider through the medium of art and creativity um, the impact that electricity and power has had on society and the climate and the possibilities and the um, maybe the exciting future that renewables can offer us, especially in the uh, the Shannon um, estuary region. Indeed. All right. And then finally, uh, has 2023 been a good year for the Hunt Museum? You've lots of stuff planned, I'm sure, for next year. 2023 has been a great year. Um, we're now starting to see people venturing out after the, um, the dreaded lockdown. Uh, people are starting to get very comfortable to come out. We've had um, some wonderful exhibitions this year and um, yeah we're, we're developing our community outreach all the time and we've lots of wonderful things planned. Alright and where can people find out a little bit more about uh, the Kite Making Festival and indeed your wider exhibition? Yep the easiest and quickest way is to go onto the internet there and do www.huntmuseum.com Simon Thompson from the Hunt Museum thank you very much for joining us today. Thank you. Now, still to come on The Home Show, stay with us after the break if you're celebrating New Year's Eve or even if you're not. Neve Marr will be in to give us some great ideas uh, for tomorrow night and how you can bling up your home for guests or even if it's just you on your own. And you're very welcome back to The Home Show podcast with me, Sinead Ryan. Now, whatever you're planning, tomorrow night, whether it's a cosy meal in for two or whether it's a big bash for 100. Well, I am delighted to welcome my next guest uh, who is here to give us all the tips and hints as she always does over creating a festive celebration. And that's Neve Marr, Creative Director with the journal.ie. 
Oh, amazing. Thanks. So happy to be here. I can't believe it's almost 2024. I know. I know. It's wow. mad, isn't it? Yeah. Uh, and happy new year to you. Happy I am certain you will be tripping the light fantastic, sipping champagne, rolling out the red carpet tomorrow. <laughs> You've a new guest in the house after all, their first New Year's Eve. Absolutely. Yeah, I, act- I wasn't able to celebrate last year because I was pregnant. So, yes, I will definitely be having a glass or two of champagne to ring in the new year, whether I make it to midnight or not. <laughs> <laughs> it's still up for debate, but we shall see. All right. Now, if you are having a, a party at home, uh, and maybe we're all partied out at this stage, so you want to make this one extra special if you're having people over, because, you know, it seems to me there's been work parties going on since the middle of November, oh, I yeah. think. Absolutely. And this is the way to kind of round it all up, I think. I feel like ringing in the new year, it is a divisive topic. So some people go all out glam. They get the striking outfits out games, decor galore and then others kind of lock the door they're done with it, Mm. they're just shoving the quality street under the couch (laughs) at this point and going to bed at 9pm so it doesn't really matter if you're hosting people over or if you're having a chilled New Year's yourself there's always a way to kind of spruce up the place and make yourself feel a little bit special because it is the last big hurrah before January which can be grim for a lot of people. Indeed indeed. Now if you're sprucing up your house you are our maven of all things um, cheap and cheerful but looking spectacular. Exactly. I went on a little bit of a hunt. So I thought this one was so fun and I found the original post on a blog. Um, So it's always autumn blog posted a DIY balloon drop. So I loved the idea of this. You know, uh, dropping the ball is kind of, it's a little bit more of an American New Year's celebration thing. But I thought this was a lovely way. It's fun for grown-ups, but also if you have kids in the house, it's a really nice way to celebrate it. very key point of this is that you can drop your own balloons at whatever time you want. <laughs> so if the kids need to go to bed at eight o'clock, drop those balloons. Um, so all you need is a bunch of balloons, a shower curtain and a noisemaker, kind of like a plastic horn if you want to be fancy. Um, but How did you never get a job on Blue Peter? <laughs> I know! Oh my God. Balloons and a shower curtain. The right, string. go ahead. <laughs> so you use about 30 balloons. You cut a piece of string that goes from the ceiling down low enough for whoever is going to actually be pulling the tape of the, and then you basically tape the shower curtain corners to the ceiling. Don't use too much tape because you want it to come away quite easily um, at midnight or 7.30, whatever time you're celebrating New Year's. Um, And then basically you tie the end of the string to the centre of the curtain and you blow up the balloons and you literally put them in. So you're making a little tent in the corner, which you would never think of. And you just pull the string. Now you can put, you know, a party horn at the end of the string so that you can pull it and then blow the horn and the balloons drop like that. But I mean, so fun. fun. So easy. (laughs) And if you don't have a shower curtain, use a blanket. Cut a few holes in a blanket. Same thing. All you need is a corner and 30 balloons. And you want a good amount of balloons because you want it to have a little bit of effect. Yeah. Um, but then you've got your DIY balloon drop in the corner and it's a spectacle and it's a bit of fun. Oh, isn't that fantastic? So cheap and cheerful and the kids will love it, but also the grown-ups would love it as well at midnight if you're having a party in. So I thought that was such a really, oh, nice, that's brilliant. A really yeah. nice thing yeah. to do as well. Um, another thing that I saw, which is so easy to do, but takes the decoration from Christmas into New Year's um, is ornament chandelier. So if you have some extra ornaments from Christmas lying around that didn't make the tree, 
tree um, or you've taken them all down like me who likes to get rid of the Christmas decoration mm, as soon as it's the too. 26th um, it's easy to do all you do is attach some ribbon into a bunch and you hang sorry you attach the ribbons to the ornaments and you hang it from whatever ceiling fixture you have in your living room uh, if you have a colour scheme we're looking at the silvers and golds for New Year's even better uh, and it's just a nice way to use decorations that you already have in the house you probably have some ribbon left over from wrapping presents as well but all of a sudden you have something that you would never have normally for Christmas but it's there and it's a little New Year's touch. Oh that's a great idea. So you're glam. you're putting it onto an existing light fitting yeah. but they're all dropping it maybe at different lengths. Exactly. So it looks lengths. like a, a chandelier. So it looks like a chandelier oh, cool. which was so cool. Um, so moving on if, if this is something that you're hosting a party right this is a champagne tower don't get scared. I genuinely thought <laughs> that these only existed in movies. Um, but they are very achievable. They're pretty easy to achieve at home and also easy distribution for people coming in. Uh, there's a little bit of mats behind it, but so I'm going to keep it pretty right. simple. Okay. Um, so basically, you want to get, I found this blog that explains it a lot better, a beautifulmess.com if you want to go and see. Uh, so if you're creating a tier, uh, you can get uh, cheap champagne glasses. You can also get real champagne glasses, however you want to do. So you need to get the tier math correct. So basically, there's one glass on top, one by one is one. The second tier, two by two is four. The third tier, Three by three is nine glasses on the third tier. The fourth tier, four by four, 16 glasses on the tier. And so keep adding tiers until you get the desired amount. Start with your base layer, of course. And basically the next layer, you place the base of the above tier directly in the centre of where four of your bottom glasses come together. And that gives you then stability. Exactly. So but, it's not like it's going to be like a Jenga tower before you start. And this is, and off. you don't want that. So just yeah. follow the maths and okay. uh, go on to a beautiful mess if you want to see that in more calculations. It's a really good uh, place there. And if you wanted to get some champ, uh, champagne, coupes, a coupe or a coupe, or I'm not really sure. Yes, yeah, so you're talking about those those flat wide glasses. A flat wide glasses. This isn't going to work so well with the flutes. No, you, you want to leave the flutes alone. <laughs> yeah. Go for the coupes. Um, excuse me if I'm getting the pronunciation wrong, but IKEA um the salt. Coblig, 15 euro for a four pack, um, but also they're 250 a pop. If you want to go onto Amazon, you can get a set of 20 for 12 euro and 55. Okay. I mean, you may not so have them before tomorrow night, you but might listen. Have them before tomorrow night, but next But day here's the thing. So then when that's all built, mm-hmm. and may I add a, my own suggestion, which is do it on a tray, yeah. <laughs> far away from people. <laughs> yeah. So you're going to what? Just pour champagne into the top one yeah. and then science. We'll That's bring it. it down onto the others. Is that it? Physics will, exactly. will now, be Shade, a play. I'm not going to lie to you. I never took science. So I couldn't tell you how it works. But basically, after yeah, you've got the math go right, you then you pour the champagne and it will all come together like a movie. That's the dream. Okay, so emails to the home show at newsnote.com if that doesn't Don't go come quite. For me. And we will forward them to Neve Marr <laughs> on Instagram. Uh, okay, now, so to create then some special backdrop in your home on New Year's Eve. So we have the balloons up in the shower curtain yeah. on the ceiling with They're the champagne tower in the kitchen on a tray. Um, photo backdrop. A photo backdrop is so fun Uh, everybody is drawn to it you want to capture that special moment Um, so if you're having friends and family over the countdown to midnight photo backdrop is a really easy way to create uh, a lovely 
memory as well that you'll remember. Um, so all you need is some recycled cardboard uh, and a little bit of craftiness is going to, you know, take uh, to make some clock arms. Um, you're going to get some gold spray paint. You're going to get some black cards and you're basically going to create a big clock behind you. And then the guests at your party are going to be holding the gold arms and they're going to be pointing to whatever time it is. <laughs> and uh, and that's the photo backdrop. So it's very easy. But as well, you know, you can go to a local craft store and get some numbers as well if you don't want to actually cut out 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12. Mm. But it's lovely because everything about the night is a countdown. So I love the idea of actually having uh, a clock photo memory backdrop wall where all your guests can go and stand, hopefully with balloons falling on them and champagne flowing as well. So and getting their midnight or their 10 to 12 or whatever it is. 10 to 12 or whatever Fantastic. time it is. It's just a nice little way to, to kind of document the memory of the evening and something fun that people will be drawn to as well, which is what you want. Fantastic. All right. That'll be probably be more popular after the champagne tower has exactly. been finished <laughs> and done. All right. Uh, and then, of course, it's a time for New Year's resolutions. Uh, so uh, there is some evidence that says that they're more effective if you share them oh. uh, rather than keep them all to yourself. Yeah. Um, so you're, you're, you are a fan of making public New Year's resolutions? Why not? Here we are. I mean, I don't know how this is going to go, Sinead, because I'm always off doing lots of shopping and online shopping for you and for this show. So my <laughs> resolution are. is going to be to stop online <laughs> shopping so I might not see you again for a while <laughs> No don't do that I'm gonna we rely try, on you I'm going to try and pull back on some of my spending but that doesn't mean that I can't do lots of research and then fill up my cart but don't necessarily bring it to the actual pay and go right. so that's what I'm going to try okay. and do a little Fantastic. less online shopping Alright Neve Mark Creative Director of Journal.ie Happy New Year Happy again New Year, Hope everything so goes well and um, lots of love in 2024 to you and baby Lola and we will see you on the other side. Absolutely. I'll be there. All the champagne. And that's all we have time for on this edition of the Home Show podcast. As I said, it's the last one of the year. So we have been delighted to have your company for the year on the podcast. It's very important to us and we love having you listening uh, to us. If you'd like to get in touch at any stage over the rest of the next few days, of course, you can do that by email at thehomeshow at newstalk.com. I will be on Instagram at Sinead Ryan 100. Uh, if you'd like to get in touch with us in terms of next year and things you'd like to hear on the Home Show, things you'd like us to feature on the home show we would love to hear from you you the listener are the mainstay of this programme but also my producer Aoife Breen she has been absolutely fantastic all year uh, it's no mean feat putting together a podcast and uh, I only come in to do the back end so I am always and ever grateful to her Stephen McLoon was on sound and we will see you all on the other side of the year in 2024 for more of the home show the Home Show with Sinead Ryan, Saturday morning at 8. With Daikin. On News Talk.